And that's because it's a confidence thing. Like if you think you've made a mistake, the best thing to do is cover with your back brake so that you don't go too fast too soon and that will help you recover. And then, you know, for next time, damn, I've got to slow down a little bit more. Yo, what's up? This is Demystifying MTB. Today we're talking about using the front and rear brakes and why you're probably not using the front brake as much as you think you are. Joining us today is a special guest, Jamie Garrett from New Zealand Mountain Biking. He does tours and also skills lessons and he coaches with Brake Ace. So we're talking about his experience there. There's also some links in the description where he coached me with Brake Ace using the Brake Ace method. That's on his YouTube channel. He has heaps of videos, so check those out. If you enjoy this episode, which I definitely think you will, please share it with your friends. It's kind of the only way to grow a podcast is to is when people share it. So if you could do that for us, that's awesome. And we'll keep making these shows for you. Enjoy. Well, we're talking brakes. We're talking bikes. There's always something to talk about. We have a repeat offender here, Jamie Garrett from New Zealand Mountain Biking. I to talk about brake balance. I got to say, last week, we didn't actually talk about doing this, but last week I went on a heli drop with Jamie. Uh, as part oh, you of just have to drop Euro that in there. Just to <laughs> run it in. Going heli drops. Yeah, you guys just live in the high life. It was, it was awesome. Like I've done a heli drop before, but this was cool because I get, got to be like a fly on the wall as part of a tour. So people had come from overseas. I think they were from Singapore and Australia. Mm -hmm. This was like the last day of their tour. Extra spot on the heli. Got to join in, do a bit of filming for the boys. And man, that was epic. They got to ride out on one of the coolest tracks like the coolest backcountry tracks. And not only did they like ride sick tracks every day in Rotorua, they got to ride this sick backcountry track for the last one. And everyone really seemed to like that trail. Mm -hmm. Which yep. I was surprised at that because they got to ride like some of the most epic, like, I don't know, like proper, specifically made mountain bike tracks. I'm not sure how you describe like a normal mountain bike park. <laughs> but Purpose built. Purpose built, there you go. Yeah. And they so all loved built. that one. They all yeah. loved the heli ride. They love the variety, eh? So that trip, it's got five days of variety. Yeah. Like Rotorua is known for its variety. And this trip is designed to give people who are at like that advanced or above level a really good taste of the riding that's in our area. Yeah. And we got a mix of weather too. We got some amazing weather and we got some pretty wet weather. And we got the wettest weather on probably one of the more tricky days. Yeah, but it was the day with the least amount of dirt on people, on knees and stuff. Because <laughs> people just ride differently, which I guess we're going to get into with the whole brake balance conversation, yeah? Yeah, well, that's... Indeed, there's many different reasons to ride differently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, brake balance is so... such a We're learning every day, obviously, about brake balance. We know what the front brake does. We know what the rear brake does. And everyone seems to use them differently at different times. And the reason we wanted to talk about it again, because I think we did it in another episode on brake balance, is because, well, Jamie has coached a rider using brake ace to go from 1% front brake on a trail to, I think, up to, which is, well, what is... Well, consistently over 20% and up to 40%. And wow. 40% is yeah. pretty high. It's pretty high. Yeah. What What do you think? Because, well, I guess we didn't mention this also. In addition to the tours, you also do skills lessons. Mm -hmm. You maybe yeah. spend like an equal time doing tours and lessons. I'd say I do a lot more lessons just because I'd run them throughout the year. And then the tours mainly run them through summer. Yeah. So from about now through to April. And there's lessons still going on all through summer too. So it's pretty busy. 
yeah, yeah. you'd be flat out on bikes all summer especially oh, all year yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, it's yeah. crazy like here like summer's starting i finally get to do other things other than bikes yeah like that's our off season i've got one race to go now and yeah it's like i was out paddleboarding this morning it's like yes it's not just bike season love the biking but yeah summer is the the do other things time time to get on the water but too not hot for, for everyone else too hot <laughs> too dusty too many snakes <laughs> yeah jamie um when can you kind of give us a little bit of info on how you coach this rider like what yeah. what was going on like why was she using the rear more like what was that whole process and how did well, that all start the debate the jury's still out i guess like break balance what's ideal who knows you've dealt with riders who are you know at that pro level um doing runs with 90 percent back which is pretty high and they're going fast or higher yeah no doubt and um we went out and did that session together that video that um i put up on youtube uh using the brake case method which yep. is pretty cool like that's free to anyone who's got the got the brake sensors on their bike they can essentially go out and do this by themselves which is really cool because you're getting the feedback from the app um I'll that. I'll yeah that and then so with this rider it was we went out and we tried to use the brake case method but what actually happened there was it became way too complicated and there were way more simple fixes to address uh, what I would call lack of confidence with the front brake. Yeah, because your front brake, traditionally people are like, oh yeah, be careful of that front brake or it's going to send you over the bars. Whereas more likely, poor body position is going to send you over the bars. Um, which, you know, if you have poor body position and you use your front brake, for sure, weird stuff's going to start to happen. And so <clears throat> instead of the brake ace method, which we tried and we still got some gains um maybe not instant but still definitely found the things to work on it was more let's just concentrate on building some confidence in that front brake so yeah it was just taking it away and it's doing stuff on the street just outside your house or doing runs just thinking of a certain thing and then it was like yeah a month later started getting these epic results so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't overnight success by any means. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think there was a little bit of a small squabble before putting brake ace on about um, how much front brake had was being used at any given time. Yeah, and this is something that I have a good I've had a good conversation with a bunch of people, and I think this is maybe why you think I'm an expert, where I am I do not consider myself an expert, but um, a lot of people. And I see this all of the time doing lessons. Rowan, you might have seen the same thing where they're like, you're like, okay, how do you use your brakes? And they say, I use them both together. And that says to me, hmm, do you even know which one your front brake is? And do you know how it's different? And usually they're like, oh, and they hesitate. So that gives you instant feedback that no, they do not have any confidence in their front brake. They're literally just squeezing them together. And as soon as one tire starts to skid, which will be your rear, they release both of them. That's and definitely so, the big thing. Is yeah. the, yep, I'm using them together, but that also means you're not using them together. No, nah, you're not so using you've got them very no well idea at all. What's actually happening? And so with the brakes, I like to think of them, or I describe them kind of like twins. They look really similar. They are both called brakes. Yeah. <laughs> but they do very different things. They both slow you down. That's about the most similar thing. Your front brake, when you pull that on, it's way more effective and you can get way more power out of it. But 
your front tire has also got so many other jobs to do. And so if you're trying to do anything else and you put your front brake on, that's when we start to get lose confidence in it because you're oh, there's a whole bunch of physics, but your tire gets overloaded, let's just say. It can't multitask. And so that's where we start to favor our rear brake. If your front brake starts to slide or you feel like you're getting thrown over the front, you tend to use more rear brake or move further back on the bike. So the best thing to do there is to practice using them both by themselves in a couple of different situations and start really putting as much power through them as you can and see what kind of results that you get. That's the simplest way. That's, Some I simple, say that's, simple drills. That's just general riding knowledge of your bike. Like yeah. before you even get to worrying about how much front, how much rear, which skids, when do I use it? Just doing drills of just one lets mm -hmm. you learn. What does your bike do? How do you use it? Yeah. Keeps it as simple as possible. Yeah. And so doing stuff like that on the road or on a grass field or on a gravel road, that's keeps um, a lot of the variables at bay. And so you can really concentrate on, okay, when I pull my rear brake, this is how long it takes me to stop. This is how hard it is to stop without skidding. This is how much I have to move my body to get that extra traction. Yeah. And then you move to the front brake because generally you've had a little bit of a play with how much pressure you can put through your finger and modulating and just letting it go when you start to lose grip, which is like coaching 101. I'm pretty sure everyone knows a few brake drills. And then you move to the front brake, and then people will decrease their stopping distance, coming in at the same speed on the same trail surface by at least half. Sometimes they'll drop two-thirds off of the braking distance, which is massive. And when you're on a trail and you think of trying to go fast, say if you're in a, in a race or just you love going fast, like most mountain bikers, you want to be accelerating more than you're decelerating. And so if you spend more time off the brakes, then generally if you're going downhill, it's more time accelerating. And so you spend more of the trail relaxed. And then you, the key thing here is identifying and knowing how long it takes you to slow down on any given trail surface at any given speed. And that's where experience kind of comes into it too. So practicing these things helps build experience. So that when you are going fast in some new environment, you've got way more of an idea of where you're actually going to be able to slow down. Yeah. I don't know. That's a long-winded answer. That's perfect. There's a podcast, man. That's what people are here for. <laughs> you sound like an expert, yeah. though, to me. And the, the spin-offs from that, from that knowledge and that understanding just impacts everything you do. Because now it can be like, okay, which line do I choose? Because I know how much space I need to break. It's not just like how late can I break because that's the simple application of how much time do I need to slow down. And then now it's also, oh, I can go, you know, through these routes and off camber slick section because I know I can stay off the brakes because I can trust that I've still got time to doing slowing down that I need to do. And that's the magic uh, quote, get off the brakes, stay off the brakes. <laughs> that everyone loves to say, just stop touching your brakes so much. But right the only way to breaks. do that is to actually control your speed at those um, identified places, which is before a feature. And that feature could be the roots, the rocks, the off-camber, the corner, uh, the kicky jump, the drop, um, the blooming wallabies that are standing on the side of the trail. Like, Heaps of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, wallabies? No, it's the kangaroos that are bigger than you that you got to watch out <laughs> well, for. Or the snakes that you got to watch out for now. <laughs> and so it's it's just preparing. Instead of blowing into everything thinking, oh, yeah, I got this. 
puffing, puffing your chest out. Um, generally, those are the times where you're like, oh, didn't have that, and you panic break. And so panic breaking is what I'd say is breaking halfway through or in the last third of any of those features, and you pretty much come to a stop. I think you call this critical events in the, in the app, mm. and you almost come to a stop, and then you have to power up by pedaling, um, and you're like, oh, that wasn't very smooth, and you know about it. Yeah, whereas if you get your braking right early, you can relax earlier, which means you're off the brakes and you're smooth out of the feature and you're accelerating. And I think you were talking feeling about this, good. Matt. Yeah, feeling good. I think you were talking about this with um, watching Aaron. Was it Aaron Gwynn over when you were in the States? And you're like, man, he goes into – it looks like he's going uh -huh. incredibly Greg slowly Menard. into everything. Yep. Greg Menard. Yep. Yeah. He looked so slow because I was yeah. standing with my mate who's also a skills coach. Harlan and uh, we were just like we looked at each other when Greg went by and we're like, oh man, you know, because he's he's getting up there and he's been racing a long time. We're like, oh yeah, he's definitely out of this one. And then we looked at the live results and he had was like eighth or something like that. And everyone else was kind of, I guess, what we took away from that is that everyone else was focused on coming into these turns at a really high speed, or at least the one we were looking at comparing them to. And he was focused on getting out of it as fast as possible so he looked not that great coming into it he, he just looked slow but he was obviously not slow no nah. and slow generally is control like coming into things in control that's a massive confidence boost and so if you're feeling confident you're way more likely to use that front brake and it's the days when you're not feeling so confident that you drag the back brake a lot more because you're trying to recover without actually stopping and you can use your front wheel to do whatever it needs to do when you're on your on your back brake, as long as your back brake's not locking up and you're getting two sideways everywhere. So, yeah, I think last time we talked a lot about where we're looking, and so it's really hard to look where you want to go when you're going too fast. And getting used to that extra speed, so um, slowing down more before a feature helps you look, and it will help you carry more speed through the feature. And the more you practice this, the better you get at it. And so overall you'll start to go a lot faster and be more confident carrying that much speed. So yeah, so there's a lot a lot of things going on here. Yeah, that that's a good one. I think that actually segues nicely into the ride that I pulled up, one of my recent brake ace rides. Mm -hmm. And the result of this ride is I ended up with 50-50 front to rear braking, which for me is a rarity. And the point of this ride was to practice braking with purpose. And I learned this one from Rowan, and we talked about this uh, in the last episode where we talked about the 2-1-none braking method. So I'd been practicing 2-1-none on a few trails, and this time I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to do 2-1-none. I'm going to go to a Burmy trail and do, do I'll practice braking with purpose. Which, Ron, could you define braking with purpose? Uh, well, hopefully it's just like it sounds. So it's trying to remove the comfort braking where you're braking because you just feel like braking is the right thing to do, and instead identify your action points before you get to them and break like your breaking action points and break there. So rather than being reactive, being proactive, that's simple. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's hopefully that's what I was doing. I mean, that's what I was trying to do. Basically what I was thinking when I was doing it is I'm going to go into this and every time I break, I'm going to break hard and be looking where I want to go looking through the turn and making sure that when I'm braking, I'm reducing the speed enough to be the speed that I actually want to be carrying through this and just kind of get it all done. And the interesting thing with this is 
I would say coaching most people, they have to explain it as over breaking. Mm. Yeah, coming a little up bit more thing. than you think. Exactly. More than you want to. Like, go yeah. slow. And every single person at the end is like, yeah, I think that's the amount I want to break next time. Interesting. Maybe that's what I... So I pulled my ride up so you guys can see. And you can see, actually, if I go along the bottom here and I look at my breaking trace, obviously, I'm going pretty, like not to flex or anything, but it's, it's just a really fast trail. It's one that you can just ride fast. I'm going 37 Ks per hour at one of these break events. It's pretty fast up top, but you can see how high my braking power is as well to go along with that. Like I'm just taking away um, a lot of speed, really. Uh, you can see that there's a really high flow score on those events. They're intense. And later on, I'm maybe like getting a little bit out of hand. I have a few like light brake events here that are a bit sloppy riding the rear brake uh, and then you know i come to again at the end but i guess i th there's still a few things i th think i need to work on because you can see especially down here at the end where i was getting a little bit sloppy you can see i have all these brake checks on the exits of the turns so so when you say sloppy what we're just talking about then do you feel like you were getting a little wild, like the speed was a little hard to sort of process what was coming at you. So your confidence was down a little, or do you think it was more just you're having fun, you know, maybe the energy levels are down and you're just letting it hang out. Um, I would, I think I'm, when I say sloppy in this context, what I mean is I stopped trying to achieve what I set out to achieve because I was trying to ride really fast. And the result was, break really hard where I thought I was breaking with purpose. So for example, this one was pretty cool. 57% front, 43% rear, 766 watts. I was obviously breaking hard, but then you can see like maybe 15 or 20 meters on the exit of the turn, I did a brake check. It's honestly a little bit embarrassing. So I think probably what I could have done is probably braked a little bit harder later on in the trail, just like I was doing in the beginning. And you know, really continue to focus on that breaking with purpose. Yeah, it's a pretty long trail, hey. So the trail is just a beautiful grade three flow trail. It's probably the most popular track in Rotorua at the moment. And uh, there's heaps of dips and these big light rollers. There's not really many tabletops. The berms are all pretty nice. Like you can take yeah. as much of the berm as you want. There's none that are, well, there's only a couple that are kind of blind. You can't see them until you've entered them and so there's these really good spots to break and i reckon they're almost better up the top i did this the other day just with my rear brake to see how it would go and i was actually breaking in some brake pads um <laughs> and it works like you yeah. break where you want to where you're feeling heavy so that's in a dip or in a corner actually like a berm where you've got really where you're getting pressed into the ground and so it's a really good track to practice breaking with purpose yeah you're, it you're like looking you for have those zones. almost unlimited braking traction if you want it. Totally. Like, you can come to a in... stop in any of those dips. Do you think like that would be, like if we look at this ride, obviously you guys have super limited context with what I was doing. But you can kind of see what was happening, especially there at the end. What do you think I could do to improve if I'm practicing braking with purpose? Should I just like simply slow down more when it, well, you just identified that yourself. Yeah, okay. You just said, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I braked hard, then before the exit of the corner, I touched the brakes again. Yeah. So if you just straight away yourself just like, well, I know if I braked harder, 
slowed down a little more, I would have not had to touch the brakes. Yeah. And like Jamie was saying, like that, that just feeds to confidence. Like even if your exit speed ended up being the same, your confidence is up because you just stayed off the brakes through that corner. So you're going to pump more. You're going to happily move the bike more. So it will just feel good. Regardless yeah. of overall speed, you will end up going faster, but you'll definitely be having more fun if you're not having to add the extra brake checks. So yeah. for me, I would say that, yeah, the obvious one is over brake and then basically reset your like level of what is standard braking versus over braking by doing some runs of braking even harder than you think you need to. And then seeing potentially that means you get through two corners without braking now. And you're probably taking better lines. Yeah, definitely. That's exactly what I was thinking up top. I was like, man, I got some sick lines here. <laughs> <laughs> From what Rowan was saying, over braking, and then you enter exactly where you want to be entering and you're looking through for that next entrance for the next corner from way earlier so you're feeling more confident mm, okay i don't think i know this trail but from the sounds of it there's a lot of movement like you're always like it's not just oh i'm going through down the trail and like turning and things like you're throwing your body around a bit as well and so those lines you can now not just put the bike in but you can really position your body to commit and make it happen and just press into everything. Yeah. Pumping turns, rollers. Yeah. Because there are heaps of berms. And if like a few inches over a little bit on a berm, you can generate more speed, especially if you don't have to brake on the exit like I did. <laughs> uh, what if so, if we're talking about like the front to rear brake in this context, let me just open. Well, just generically, it's been interesting talking to people about if they've done a run with the brake case and they're like really low front brake in the brake balance on a flow trail. And a lot of people will be like, well, yeah, it was a flow trail. Like I wasn't slowing down. Like I was just, you know, touching the brakes to sort of reset my speed a bit. I was like, well, yeah, you might think that's true, but you could have braked harder for a shorter amount of time, wiped off the same amount of time, and then still had this chance to be riding again while you're braking. The bike is not so nice to ride. And so front versus back brake becomes part of this because if you're not, say, picking your braking zone, you're more likely to just drag your brakes because you don't want to commit to slowing down as much. And I find like that is a big thing that leads to more rear brake. It's the safe option. So if you're not, it is a safe option. Basically, like if you're not choosing to be braking, if you're just on the brakes, you will drag them more, which means you'll stick with the safe option, which is the rear brake. And you'll constantly feel on edge, like you'll never be totally comfortable, hence why you're touching the brakes. The other thing that's pretty interesting, especially looking at this track, because I ride it quite often with people, the, like if you stop and have a look at any of the rollers, you'll see that the spots where we want to brake, so those dips, perfectly smooth, and then the back of any peak, you can see the braking bump starting to appear, mm -hmm. which is where people don't have the same traction like even if your body position you're super super relaxed you're still not going to have the same traction on the back side of that roller as you're going to have in the dip slash the face of that transition so that's another thing about that breaking with purpose or picking your spots where you want to break where you're going to get the maximum amount of traction and so you're never going to get those moments where you're kind of skidding unintentionally because a track like that there's no there's the occasional scandy flick that you might want to do just for fun. 
but there's not a lot of skidding that actually happens. You're railing corners. You're not skidding into them and squaring them off because you want to carry the speed. It's a flow track. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is pretty good. It's pretty Every good. Every time I ride, I smile. Yeah, it's not normally one I go to. <laughs> nah, because it's it is really easy, but it's perfect for practicing stuff like this. It's it's yeah. better to dial it down and practice something than it is to go to your hardest the hardest trail you can think of and be like, I'm going to practice this thing because you're not. That's where you go into all of your training kicks in and you go into survival mode. That's funny because as you guys were talking about practicing the breaking with purpose, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to actually go try that on this like grade five trail in instead. But I think what you're saying is I should continue to do it on this one. Oh, like once every couple of rides. Like you don't have to do it every single no, trail. No, no, Yeah. When I went out for a ride with Taylor, Mr. Raddick, he, like we stopped and had a look at this one section. It was a pretty steep track anxiety right next to Tepuaka, funnily enough. And there's a section where all I'm thinking of is where the hell am I going to control my speed? Because I've run out of, I've run out of brake in that section before I had my bike poorly set up. It was my fault. And so a tree stopped me instead of my brakes. But it's all of those spots where you're like, okay, I could slow down there. I could slow down there. Through there, I'm just going to be picking up speed. There's not a lot I can do about it. You'll try your best with your rear, but you don't want it skidding because it'll end up sliding sideways down a hill. So you really have to pick where you're going to slow down. And if you can cut all that speed off, then you're winning. You're like, yes, I want to be going slow here. <laughs> yeah. And it means you can ride the you can ride the features. You can ride the lines. You can see and where you're going to go next. totally fine to be mostly out of control in between those sections yeah, and, where you know you will be in control. Yeah, you're picking it. You're like, I'm going to be out of control there, so why would I even try slowing down? And that's where I'm going to get my control back. So I enter into that next thing, feeling super confident, and I'll go I'll go where I want to go, be out of control again for a little bit, and that's where I'm going to catch myself again. So you got these little little moments of being in control and being, on, being, being relaxed, being okay with being a little bit sketchy. How do you think it would go if you were in those parts where it is sketchy mm -hmm. and you're just using the rear brake to control your speed? What do you think would happen if you did also use your front brake? Uh, you get way better results than you think. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize how often you can use the front brake. Yeah. Um, it will. means that you need to be more on your front, like pushing into your bars. You can't be shying away and off the back seat because you just your front wheel will wash out. It'll skid. Yeah. But in that particular day with Taylor, I had a recon or something on it. That was stupid, stupid tire choice. But I, I, I didn't have any. There was no braking going on with it, so I had to be super sensitive with how much pressure I was putting putting through. Yeah, just waiting until you can let the tire freely roll, so it would go where it pointed. It was fun though. An interesting comment because I was just like looking through some rides and I was like, oh, here's a like race run where I'm perfectly fifty fifty. And you just reminded me it was a wet, slick race and I was running a recon on the back and very poor choice. I was like, I'm surprised it was only 50-50. Yeah. Hmm. So Apart yeah, tire, that, tire choice, tire pressure. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Traction. Traction is a big thing. Where are you finding your traction? Yeah. And the front brake is only scary once you lose traction. Hmm. Like using the front brake, you can still do it without losing traction. It's not like instantly you're going to slide out. It's obviously the big difference between the front and the rear is what happens when you lose traction. And so that's what scares people. The actual using it to slow down doesn't get considered because of the what if I lose traction. So if you can add in some body positions and control of like where you're braking and how you're braking, then the front brake just becomes more and more a powerful tool. And also some like defensive driving. 
which I'm going to get to in a little bit. But if you, the amount of times where I've been so close to going over the bars, and then you know, it's just like I need to let go of that brake, and the bike will catch up with you. It doesn't always happen because you've got resistance from the trail. Sometimes it's too chunky, and the bike just stops, and you carry on going. But yeah, being used to being a little bit over the edge and then letting go instead of tensing up and pulling more brake, which is what most people do. Sometimes two or three fingers actually creep onto those brake levers and there's no there's no coming back from that. <laughs> yeah, for our, if I'm doing, even like with quite advanced riders, I'm like, okay, let's go ride some chunky rock gardens or rough terrain of some sort. First thing is just like level ground somewhere, you know, car park, whatever. Do some endos and some stoppies. And just like, okay, we're using the front brake and just how easy you can realize how easy as soon as you let go of the brake, you recover. And just programming in that you can be almost vertical with the, like the bike under you, almost vertical and let go of the front brake and it recovers. And so, yeah, that ability to just safely let everything go is a lot of the time the best option. If you're in that situation, you can't do much else soon as your body weight gets in front of the bike, you're now not driving the bike anymore. It's just doing its own thing. So yeah, let off, get used to letting off the brake, especially the, if you're, are scared, like if you're on a trail that's outside of your comfort zone, you're probably more likely to try and stay on the brakes. So doing some, some practice in the car park first, just programming in how nice it is to let off the brakes can be, Super helpful. Even though you're on the most basic terrain ever, you're still preparing yourself for going and riding some steep, chunky, gnarly, mostly out of control trails. Yeah. And on that note, like when you're endowing in a car park, the bike doesn't accelerate underneath you as quickly as if you're on some steep trail because the ground is stopping you. It's at an angle to you. Whereas if you're on something steep, the, yeah, the bike will accelerate a little bit easier. But unless there's a big rock there, like Rowan was just explaining, or roots or whatever, some kind of resistance where it just stops your bike. Your bike loses momentum and you keep it going, turning into a hero. So, so this ride was 50-50, maybe a more basic trail where I was deliberately practicing braking with purpose, but I think you guys had some rides where you were more on the rear. What? So in those rides, if we could open one up, why would we be more on the rear? More on the rear or more ride? on the front? Let's get one with Let's more see. on the rear, because I think more on the front is probably super rare. Yeah. So I think start with a definition of brake balance. Okay. Because way... more, more could be in many different ways. Yeah, so that's true. Let's define brake balance. So we had to set a definition for brake balance, and we chose energy. So power times time. So how hard you're braking, along with how fast you're going. And multiplied that by the time that you use the brake. So on the ride that I opened up, yes, I'm 50-50 in terms of energy, 7,500 kilojoules on each brake. But actually, the time that I was braking with each brake was different. I was 22.1 seconds on the rear, 18.6 seconds on the front. So what that basically says to us, and it actually didn't occur to me until we were talking about this before we started recording, is that it means that when I'm braking with the front brake, on this trail, I'm able to break really, really hard. So that gets the energy up, even though the, the time is down. Yeah. Which means that you could come into a section and drag the rear brake some constant amount for 10 seconds. 
And if for the final second, you break 10 times harder with the front brake, that's 50-50. Yeah. Because so what we care about is what your brakes are doing. You know, either slowing you down, stopping you speeding up, whatever's happening, it's that force that's happening between the trail and your tires to have an impact on your speed, which is the energy being consumed. Because in the end, it's the same result. How much have I slowed down? And then we can start looking at technique of how we the timing matches between these two. But overall, when we're talking about brake balance, it's how much are we using our brakes to actually have an impact on us moving down the trail. Yeah. There's probably different ways that you could define it. And you know, if we defined it by time, obviously that would give us different something different. But I think energy is the best way to do it because energy is more related to our speed. And so with the the energy. I'd say that when you are doing well, it shows on your on your ride. You should definitely put a a screenshot of the um, power at the bottom. I reckon somewhere if you can. But if you were on a road with amazing amounts of traction and you went down and you pulled both brakes on as much as you could, which would be different amounts of pressure without skidding you're going to put more power through the front because as you brake that one's getting traction your front tire and so your back is getting lighter which means it has less traction so you can't pull your brake as hard so you would get i don't know what's that classic 70 30. yeah it's pretty balance. close to that yeah. yeah that uh everyone talks about but in reality it's not that we're riding mountain bike tracks that yeah, are yeah. super inconsistent. Yeah. That's and the there's thing, so many variables. The thing to remember here actually is uh, the 70-30s for stopping usually. And that's what we found because we did some road testing. We set up a mountain bike as a you know road bike and did some te testing in different scenarios. And yeah, 70% on the front when you're coming to a stop. But you know when we're mountain biking, we're not necessarily coming to a stop. We're like slowing down real quickly. A trail ride is not fun if you're constantly stopping. Yeah. A whole lot more fun if you can avoid coming to a complete stop. Yeah, yeah. But you're right about like you, you can get more grip on, on the front. The rear kind of, you don't have as much weight on it, I suppose, due to the transfer, the weight transfer. I think maybe that's the wrong word to use, but that's yeah, yeah, weight transfer because your momentum's above the tires and so it wants to constantly go over the front or towards the front, not over the front. That's what handlebars are for, pedals are for, <laughs> bracing yourself. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the obvious place you see this is if you put the brake case on when you're doing some pad bedding, you'll just okay, am I up to like full power? And the force will always be lower on the back. You can just never, even if you're sitting and trying to drag, you just can't quite get the same. Like you have to really be able to hang off the back and press down and be in an uncomfortable position to even get close to the amount of force that you can get without sliding on the front. Yeah. yeah. So did did one of you guys have a ride where you were using the rear more? Did you have one, Jamie? I did. Because oh, I know you had it. Borderline. Almost every ride, I would yeah. say, from most people will be more rear in terms of, yeah, brake balance energy. Yeah, I didn't have enough time to prepare here. Not Usually right. I'm somewhere like 60, 40. So 60, 60 rear, 40 front. And between the opposite, so 60 front, 40 rear. Um, but more often than not, it's over 50% is rear brake. And that's because it's a confidence thing. Like if you think you've made a mistake, the best thing to do is cover with your back brake so that you don't go too fast too soon 
and that will help you recover. And then, you know, for next time, damn, I've got to slow down a little bit more. <laughs> well, but that was also one of the things we covered in that 219 breaking was the fact that, like, okay, one of the reasons we slow down, but one of the reasons we use our brakes is to slow down. But the other reason is to control our speed. So as we're going down a steep section or around a specially steep berm, we can drag the back brake and feel confident and more confident than if we weren't because we don't want to go any faster than we are. Exactly. And if we start to skid, sometimes we actually pick up more speed. So you're, you're counterproductive there. So figuring out how to keep that wheel turning so you've got some resistance going on with your brakes so you don't pick up as much speed as you would if you weren't on your brakes. Yeah. And keeping okay. your tyre rolling also keeps it moving in the direction it's pointed to. Yeah, I'm thinking about that steep trail that you rode and how probably the main way through those steep bits before you could actually slow down, you're probably just riding the rear brake? Mm, yeah, probably. Yeah, so, yeah if I... you get muddier where you're starting to rut in a bit and you can just like really, you're ruddering with the back. Yeah, right? like the, the off-camber stuff, helps. you do not want to be putting much power at all through that front brake, if any. Because you, if your front wheel slips, She's a hard one to to recover for from. You gotta uh, you gotta be feeling real real comfort confident in yourself. We yeah, can get grip again. On off camber stuff, if you can keep your front tire high, that rear can almost like skid a little bit on the camber and you yeah. can almost stay up a lot of the times. Exactly. It as comes back to that fine. the consequences overrule the benefit. Like, okay, mm -hmm. I wanna slow down, the front will slow me down more. And so if I got it right, that would be the good choice. But yeah. if it didn't get it right, and on a sort of off-camber, rooty, it's a lot of chance of not getting it right, try and touch the brakes and things go wrong. Yeah, rear brakes, the safest, smarter option, even if it does mean having to drag it more, potentially sliding out more, you come out the other side. So yeah, time-wise, using the rear brake more, and therefore, energy-wise, and the amount of force you've had slowing you down, ends up adding up to more through the rear. Which, if you don't know the trail, that becomes even more so. I guess this kind of goes back to the idea of confidence, right? Mm -hmm. Which, Jamie, you've mentioned that a lot. I think we mentioned that actually last time you were on, we talked a lot about confidence. Do you think like the the amount you use the front brake in some way represents your level of confidence? Yes. Yes, I do. Like when uh, Tomo was, um, showed his first results from putting the brakes on his bike, I was like, you should go onto something steeper. Because he was like 70% front or 70 something. 70-something, yeah, 70-something front. I thought that, yeah, you should go into something a little bit steeper where you're not 100% confident. Yeah, and it has some braking that needs to be done because then you, you're more likely to show up any mistakes if you've got them. Yeah. Yeah, because I'd say for me, my brake balance shifts between 70-30 to 30-70. Yeah. Depending just like override. But I see more day-to-day -day consistency then trail to trail consistency. Like if I'm feeling good one day, and then I guess that also probably means the conditions are pretty good overall, I'll ride all of the different trails at a more similar brake balance than I would on different days, few weeks apart, doing the same trails. As like, there's no like, oh, this trail is this brake balance for me. Because yeah, the conditions change, confidence changes, I think is actually the big thing, plus, just the decision on which brake to use more. Like, I think that's the, 
the curse of doing skills coaching is it's almost impossible to just ride without thinking about what you're doing. And so if I'm wanting to break more with the front brake, I will break more with the front brake. And so, yeah, some days, like, and it's, I've done the test as well of, well, if I put my contact point for my lever out slightly on one more than the other lever, will I automatically adjust or will I just end up using that one with the earlier contact point more? And it doesn't, doesn't matter which brake it is, I'll use the one that contacts more or sooner, more. Like even back-to-back -back runs, it just, it won't even out because both brakes work and it's how you use them that makes the biggest difference. And so I'm feeling where my fingers are over, it's much easier. Like the body understands, the mind understands what's going on a lot more than how much am I skidding? How much can I break? And so, yeah, I'll end up using, if I wind the contact point on the front brake out more, I'll end up using more front brake. Like it's not necessarily what you want to do. Because That's pretty interesting because a lot of people who don't keep up with their bike maintenance, myself included, your back brake, the contact point is further and further in as it needs a bleed. Yeah. But still people are using more back brake. Yeah, and I think that is just the general, just because of the amount of time. Like if you're just generically riding with the back brakes, your, your trust point. Whereas I think I'm specifically thinking of points of like, I'm riding and I'm on and off the brake because we don't, a lot of the riding I do isn't on steep trails. Like I have to do a trip down south a couple of hours to ride fast steep trails. Whereas my local steep trails are slow, techy rock, like drops and things like it's, you're not choosing your braking, you're just riding. And so, yeah, to go and ride steeper stuff is not regular. So for me, I'm more very standalone brake events on the brakes for a short amount of time, keep riding, get through a few corners on the brakes for a short amount of time. And so, yeah, you're, where you're riding will obviously have somewhat of an impact. But then I've also looked at race run, like race weekends, where it's just like, yep, that day I was feeling good and I've got totally different brake balance to when I was just riding around. Thought I felt okay, but I wasn't really focused as much. So yeah, I think my my big out, like understanding, new understanding of looking into my brake balance history is I'm pretty sure the mental game is such a big part of it. How that confidence is massive, but then at the same time, how you've got your bike set up overrules everything if you could ride with just one brake for like a week which brake would it be depends where i was riding <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's real hard probably I'd, front i'd like to say front but i reckon but, yeah i would have it. <laughs> um, i'd be way slower but I'd, I'd rather if i only had one that i had a rear yeah first day i met uh, nigel from shockwiz we were out talking about it. He took me out for a ride through some pretty crazy stuff. And before we dropped into the first trail, I had a branch hook in my front brake hose and rip it out. <laughs> so I did two trails that I'd never even seen before that were both pretty crazy, rear brake only. And I could. I had to go slower, but I could. I would not have tried things if it was front brake only. Even though if I was riding with both brakes, I could potentially make myself ride front brake only. You've just got no insurance policy. But exactly. Mm. And <laughs> like, chatting with Dave from Dial, he said the same thing. He tried to do some runs, front brake only and back brake only. Because uh, he and, was looking at how braking affects suspension. Yeah. And he wanted to just know 
this is definitely what the suspension looks like with no back brake. And he couldn't do it. And so, yeah. and it's that thing of he was safer and slower using the front brake. But it's just that point. Once things get rowdyish, you yeah. don't want to just have to keep getting rowdier. Yeah, I've never tried that on anything like steep and techy. I've done it on Eagle versus Shark before, and I definitely felt better when I had my front brake. Back brake was kind of boring because you're just on it all the time. Because uh, you can't slow down. Nah. Mm. Yeah. And there's a lot of trees on there and there's a lot going on, but with when because I did it again with front and you can look for those spots and be purposeful with your braking and you can cut off enough speed where you want to, but you can still carry speed where you want to. Yeah. Yeah. And like flow, like supportive flow trails like that, like it just feels so good to be off the brakes as well. Yeah. Like that's what you're aiming for. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you just know you've slowed down more to be able to then go through things off the brakes, you're having just as much fun. Mm -hmm. So if the front brake kind of represents our level of confidence, how can we use the front brake more? Jamie, I think you have some tips on things that we can do to practice to use our front brake more. Yeah, so I wrote down a couple of things when you asked me that question. And three things would be knowing what it feels like. So for starters, I'm assuming most people who are listening to this use one finger for their braking and know what I'm talking about when I say that. But um, feeling how much pressure you can put through your brake in lots of situations. So when you're on your nose, when you're skidding on gravel, when you're on wet grass, where you're on perfect traction on the road, and just seeing what your front brake does in all of these different situations. Finding a little baby bank that you can... Um, like maybe a little grassy slope that you can ride across as if it was an off camber and use your front brake and see what happens. Um, but yeah, just trialing, doing little experiments with your front brake so you know what it feels like. And then the, the next one was body position. So there's a massive difference between pushing into your front tire and pushing your front tire away from you. Yeah, can so you explain that one? If you are pushing, like swinging off the bars, so you're actually hanging from your handlebars because you're so far off the back. You're lifting weight off of the front wheel. So it's gonna get it's not going to get as much traction. And so that's what a lot of people do when they ride too back seat, too far back. The bike's constantly trying to run away from them. Whereas if you are more centered and when you need to, you press into the front tire, like as if you're pushing through your bars so that your weight's going into your front tire then you're going to get a lot more traction and you're going to stay a lot more over the bike and you're not going to get the feeling of going over the bars because you're bracing yourself. Yeah. So you're not pushing it away into a position I call a safety squat where you've almost got dead straight arms and your knees are bending. You're hinging. So you're dispersing your weight over your front and your back. You get a lot more pressure through your feet as well. So you don't actually have that much that needs to go through your hands which keeps your front end um, sensitive, let's say, so you can still let it move around underneath you because it's hard to relax when you're under braking. Yeah, so body position is a, is a big one and it will help with your stability and your confidence in your, in your tires. I guess, and for people that have been taught for so long to, you know, push backwards, mm -hmm. you know, that was, that was a skills coaching technique, I think, maybe like 10 or 15 years ago, like get off the back going down steep things. Yeah. And no one teaches that anymore, right? It's more about staying centered and getting weight on your front. Yeah. 
the bikes are so wide. stable. If you if you can keep your weight centered on the bike, it's gonna stay upright a lot compared to in the past, like trying to even just transition from something flat to something steep. You just didn't have the space on your bike to do it. And so it was probably never a good idea to get back, but you almost had to to just let the bike angle. But now we've got space. The bikes want to stay just rolling anyway. So yeah, you don't have to do much at all. Let the bike do the work. Yeah. And if you're over the bike, then you've got better traction more of the time too. So if you're braking really hard, for example, in a corner, say in a in a bermed corner where you've got really good support, then at least you're putting even weight through both tires. And if you're braking hard before the corner, because you haven't got to that stage yet, then there's not such a big weight shift to get that weight back to the front tire as well. So yeah, being able to be more centered more of the time helps you relax and let the bike pivot around and move around and get bucked around underneath you. And you can still focus your eyeballs because they're not getting whipped around everywhere. Yeah. And then the last thing is just practice. Yeah. I think braking is something that people probably don't put enough attention to. And that's what we talked about in when you came on this year in the stuff. Yeah. Uh, was yeah, practicing. I'll put a link to that too. So practicing your emergency stops and actually stopping um, next to some kind of landmark, whether it's a letterbox on the street or a stick on a trail or um, on a gravel road, a stump or whatever. But practicing actually putting your brakes on as hard as you can without skidding so that you know, oh yeah, that's how much space when I'm going that fast on this kind of surface, how long it takes me to stop. Practicing skids. Yeah, knowing what it's like to lose control and then having that uh, space in your mind to relax your fingers so that you can actually come off the brakes and the wheels will get traction again most of the time. Um, and on the other side, practice locking up, so endos, like Ron was talking about before. And uh, yeah, because at the end of the day, if you let go of your brakes, the tyres should start spinning again and they'll go in a direction, whether it's the direction you want them to go or not, that's another question. Yeah, I'll add to it, like practice is, it's amazing how many people think they're practicing or just don't practice at all, but are never actually getting any improvement from the practice they're doing. Because I think the first thing is, if you're not practicing directly in front of your house, you're nowhere near as good of a rider as you could be. Like the chance to just, okay, I'm not riding at the moment, but I've got a chance, I've got 10 minutes even, I can practice. Someone that did that is just gonna feel so much more comfortable on the bike. But on the flip side, if that's the only practice you're doing, like in your driveway or on the street, you're not actually improving your confidence and knowledge on the trails. Mm -hmm. So at some point, even if it's just at the start of a ride or partway through a ride, you just have a point where you're just like, I'm just going to practice some things. And the easiest way is to just have a trail partway through and you're like, I'm going to practice this on this rundown and see what it feels like. But yeah, you can't have just one type of practice because going and yeah, doing endos in your driveway is a very different experience than getting on a gravel trail and trying to do some endos but it's possible in both and so that experience then grows to actually riding the trail having that understanding of what the different surfaces do just like what jamie's saying the different surfaces is part of the fun of mountain biking but it's also part of the struggle yeah and a lot of that happens like when you're either entering a trail or exiting a trail so ripping a big skid's pretty fun and it's pretty hilarious when you muck it up too, because there's generally people watching. <laughs> I had a friend that came past. Be the, be the entertainment. Wanting to wanting to just rip a big skid and just couldn't. So I turned around and went back to do it again. 
and still didn't skid. And I was like, yeah. Sometimes you just it's good to have the skills so you can show off, especially if you think you're going to. And then it just <laughs> fails. I, I like this deliberate practice idea, and I think maybe a lot of people probably don't know, but the pros do this as well, even like in their lawns. Do they? And yeah, so I was <laughs> coaching uh, Seamus Powell, and he was on the giant factory team, and they were fortunate enough to have a, a skills coach as part of the factory team, and they'd give him drills to work on, like just in his yard, and it was covered in snow or whatever. He'd just go find a, a wet grassy patch and he'd practice like locking up the brake and he would send me videos and he'd be like drifting like over 180 degrees just by locking up the rear brake, feet still on the pedals, learning what it feels like to drift that far and then to pedal out of it. And they're practicing skids like this in, well, braking techniques like this just randomly and in addition to all the other training that they're doing. So if pros can do it, well, we could emulate some of that by practicing as well. Totally. Yeah, One of my me, favorite like... things to practice actually is skidding without using the brakes. So hooking a just a drift yeah. with the rear wheel, hooking a two-wheel drift as well. It's pretty fun. Scary. Yeah. And practicing just holding on, like keeping your feet on the pedals. Yeah. Like so finding like grass park is great for this because it's like it's easier to slide compared and wet, to when it's wet. Thing. And yeah, even easier to slide. Off, yeah, and it's almost a little too easy sometimes. Like I've definitely been rolling around in the grass. The risk of injury is so much less than learning that on the trail because yeah it's amazing what you can recover from if your body position is right it always just comes back to what can i make the bike do but still say pretty much centered so that when things start to slide or get wild over i can correct because the closer i am to centered the quicker and easier it is for me to get back to centered or if i'm already centered anyway i can actually just let off the brakes and let it go and the bike will keep under me and there's another thing about going out in the wet a lot of people get quite nervous when they're coming on a lesson and it's wet they're like oh it's going to be wet it's going to be pretty slippery but dangerous eh? and you're like no nah. it means that you don't even you can go even slower and still practice the same things because the grip is less and so you just go slower you practice what's correct and if it does start to slide out or whatever then you weren't even going as fast as you would have been if it was a super dry or perfect hero dirt day so yeah go out. yeah slower slower is is nicer to, when you're practicing something new it's less stressful well as yeah. phil dumpy always said slow is smooth smooth is fast absolutely and especially when that means you've saved some energy so you just get to go do it again because i'd say for it's all of this like basic stuff isn't basic like it's we're talking about base and i'd say this all the time because i've got a for our group clinics that we're doing when we're coaching people unless you're a total beginner everyone has to do our foundation skills clinic and it's the base skills a lot of what we're talking about today like okay it's the body positions massive part of it bike body separation and then braking and that's it a three hour clinic just covering these base things but it's all stuff that yeah the pros constantly have to retrain in as well because you can always expand your so your comfort level and your your range of motion and how hard you can squeeze the brakes all of these it's not constant you can improve or if you don't practice it goes backwards because you just your comfort zone just stays where it is and then you never get, just go outside of that comfort zone and so yeah braking is the key thing that ties it all together at the end of that 
base clinic, like, okay, yeah, basically, what is modulating my brakes? But if you can't modulate brakes and control your force, you're not going to ever break well. So just going and practicing just some simple, can I control my brake force? And then, yeah, can I brake, can I do an emergency stop without shifting backwards? That's, that's a massive one. Cancel out, I can brake really hard by throwing my weight back. And it's like, okay, that is the fastest way to stop, but it's also not what you usually want to do on the trails because you're usually slowing down for a reason. If there's a tight corner, some rocks or something, and you've braked really hard, shifted your weight back, and then you get off the brakes, but like Jamie was just saying, you're hanging off the back, you're not in a position you can control the front wheel, especially if it's a turn you're trying to get around. You're now in the worst position to have any traction and control through that front wheel. And it's and probably so, going to slide, and then you start hanging even further back. Yeah, yeah. and then you lock up more so you yeah. don't even have any sort of cushioning through your muscles. Like all of the things start from just like, yeah, but I braked really hard, and I was able to stop, like slow down a whole lot. But if you get lower, brace against the bars, brace against the pedals, you can probably brake just as hard in all of the situations you need on the trail without shifting back. Like sometimes, like especially if you don't have like a weight down, like pushing in, if you're on weight, sometimes shifting back will be like, if you're watching the pros, that's definitely what they'll do. But that's, they're riding at such a high limit and there's such limited traction where they are braking. But also they've already programmed into their muscles getting back to centered. And so if you can just be centered the whole time anyway, you don't even have to do anything. Now you can just be smooth. So yeah, the, those base skills, aren't basic and braking and brake balance and brake power and brake control all seems basic but you can always improve Sweet. so brake balance what's the perfect brake balance <laughs> hey well it always feels good when you get exactly 50 50. <laughs> that's the only reason i would say it's uh, preferred over anything else but no, obviously it like we just said even if you've got different tires it's going to change. Yep. And yeah, if you compare your time, I think for me, if I'm looking at like, wow, I've just got really good. Like I got a 70, 30 break balance. Was that good or not? I'll actually go and look at yeah, how much time was I on the brakes. And if it is all actually really short, hard, basically on both brakes, then I'll feel good. But I'll also think, well, why was I so confident that I only needed to touch the brakes every now and again, like those short, sharp. Did I even need to touch the brakes at all? Like there's always a, a next step. Yeah, sometimes I tell, like when I'm practicing this, I tell myself like, no, you can go fast here. Like you can see what's up there, you can go fast here. But I'm so used to slowing down at certain things. But sometimes, yeah, I was talking with Bradley and I'm like, Bro, because he does a lot of racing. I'm like, bro, how do how do I go fast? I've got this race coming up in a in a couple of weeks. He's like, um, just go fast. Go faster. Run That's a trail great. on Strava and then race yourself. Race yourself again. Go faster. Ride something steep, go faster. I'm like, oh, it sounds kind of scary, but fun. <laughs> See how my brake balance goes then. Yeah. And yeah, that is why it's great because you like this, I got it perfect. And then it's like, if I go faster, what happens? Yeah. Then when you start to put pressure on yourself, that's when you start to make your, you go back to old habits or whatever, or make mistakes. Yeah, I don't know what the perfect balance is, but I have to say, like from a confidence perspective, 
me achieving this 50 50 made me really rethink what I'm doing on the rest of the trails. Hmm. And it came from practicing this breaking with purpose. Seeing 50 50 was the result that made me think that I should be doing this more. So that 50 50 was a nice achievement for me to kind of unlock, you know, hopefully more speed later down the road. Yeah. I would say like getting greater than 50 50, like more front than 50 50 is a great goal because of the confidence that it means you're getting. Whether like that's not necessarily consistently or it's not in all situations, but riding a trail well, not just slowly tiptoeing your way down it so you could just touch the front brake, but riding it well, but with a greater than 50% front brake is a good goal. Regardless of whether it's the best way to ride, aim for it, achieve it, understand what that feels like. Because yeah, I find that it is those confident rides. If you're feeling confident, you use the front brake more. Therefore, you just feel good. You're having fun. And because of that, all of the rest of your bike riding skills get a chance to come out more. And I think there'll be certain trials where it's possible and some where it's not. Yeah. I think that'll Without be the bottom doubt. line. Yeah. Like if I was to do some of the steeper tracks, I probably don't have a 50-50. Not even close. Yeah. And it would be, I'd, yeah, it'd be ridiculously slow if I was to try. And I, that for me comes down to controlling your speed. Like I mm -hmm. want to ride at my max well, close to my max speed when I'm riding a steeper track. But the only way to do that with my front brake only is to slow down a whole lot in some places. So I'm almost stopped and then pick up the speed as I'm going through something. Whereas it's a whole lot more in control even to just come through, have the back brake dragging a bit at a more consistent speed and be able to sort of press and hop to keep my control doing that though sometimes is pretty it's a good feeling to chase as well so matt you were saying oh yeah i did it on uh tipuaka which is which is sick because you can it's a little less stress and then you're like oh i'd like to do that on a grade five track that's like perfectly that's a good it's a good thing to practice is a good goal so you just lift it and you look for those breaking points and maybe you do slow down a little bit more than you think and you do roll through sections you're like huh didn't think i could do that and that's because you're constantly chasing that feeling. If you're thinking too many things, uh, too much about all of the details, things get overcomplicated very quickly. But if you can keep chasing that feeling, it's a good time. Chase that feeling. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, over the weekend, I was out on a trail with a just wild, like big rock slab leading into a crazy chute with jagged, jutting out rocks and loose rocks and trenches dug into it. And it, the conditions go up and down in that very quickly. And this weekend it was actually quite good, but there was a couple of friends there, one of them who'd never seen it before. So they were walking down to have a look and I was just going and basically stopping on this slab and going down. So it's halfway into this chute, I'm on this slab and I was pretty much stopped to then be able to ride the wild part at the end. And I just let off the brakes. And even though I was literally stopped halfway through the chute, that's the wildest ride I've ever had through there because every other time I would come in reasonably fast, but pretty much not get off the brakes the whole way through because yeah, okay. Front brakes definitely coming off and on a lot back brakes a bit, but pretty much being dragged. And I felt I had fun and I was in control, but I could not really do anything. It just, everything suddenly came at me so quick. So yeah, it's, there's varies. 
you can ride everything in different ways. The trails change, conditions change. There is no goal. But work on brake balance. Understand it. Sweet. Sounds like a good place to leave it. Well, thanks, guys, for talking about brake balance. I don't think it'll be the last time we talk about it, but it's good to have you on again, Jamie. Jury's still out, eh? Yeah. <laughs> good to be back. Cheers for having me. <laughs> Here's Jamie. <laughs>